I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Previously, an SCP Unredacted. A thousand years before, before the sea had fully regressed, there were three great cities dividing the world tripartite. You would think something like that would leave evidence. Yes, I was similarly skeptical. These empires were advanced occultists. Hiding their cities from their enemies was a trivial task. Only those who knew its location could enter. Three days into the desert, we found it, and the towers became visible over the horizon. Blackwood wasn't lying. This place is thousands of years old. It looks lived in. Like everyone up and left midway through dinner. Whatever this civilization was, the Anomalous was so pedestrian to them. They were playing with nuclear reactors while the rest of us huddled in caves behind the fire. I'm far more intrigued by this cult of Makans that seems to provide every aspect of Omni-Realm. Yep. Corpse. Highly decomposed, just like Blackwood found. Ouch. The plant that kills. Stay sharp. What is that? What the hell? You have entered the great and holy city of Omni-Realm. There is much to discuss. And now, part two. Section 001.4 Further Investigation Further inquiries from the Echo Team to SCP-001-A1 were rebuffed or met with nonsensical statements. It repeatedly expressed the desire to speak with the scholars, interpreted to refer to Drs. Aram and Nussbaum. The Echo Team spent the following hours mapping a path back to the surface, utilizing their CTMs. Upon arrival, researchers used the collected data to construct a 3D rendering of a significant portion of Omni-Ram's Undercity. The Echo Team was debriefed and declared that the Undercity was largely safe for exploration, barring particularly heavy corroded passages and areas infested by the anomalous extinct vegetation species, tentatively classified as SCP-001-B, and the pods of acid, classified as SCP-001-C. Subsequent sample analysis determined that the external skin of the pods was an organic but calcified substance similar to flesh. Project leads Aram and Nussbaum were briefed on the discovery of A1 under the palace and its requests for their presence. Both agreed to conduct an interview and were escorted by a contingent of armed tactical response officers to A1's chamber the following day. Attached transcript, September 1983. 
Interviewers, Dr. Hedvig Nussbaum, Dr. Robert Oram. Subject, SCP-001-A1. Begin log. The party enters the chamber. A1's bodily components hang limply from the wall. Um, hello? Is it alive? A1's head twitches upwards. No. Welcome. Oh my god. What are you? I am. I was. I remain. What are you? We are scholars wishing to investigate the history of, of this city. Scholars? A1's head goes limp. The wall of machinery behind it shudders. For several seconds, it bursts into a flurry of activity, with the shuddering thrashing. Small objects fly through the vacuum tubes. Gears can be seen turning and ticking. Primitive lights flicker on and off. It winds down as A1 raises its head again. The great grand city of Omni-Rom is home to four academies, 16 schools, and scores of scholars and learned men. Discovering, working, blending the gifts of God. What gives you the right to call yourself a scholar? I... uh, Anyone who seeks knowledge can call themselves a scholar, I suppose. And we have not seen anyone else here since we arrived here. Your army arrived here two cycles ago. How'd you figure that out from down here? Have been observing. The automata are scholars. They are servants, soldiers, and everything else. I have learned your language from seeing your troops, the white coats, and the tan patterns. I see. You see what the Dash A instances see? They are the eyes, and I am the hard metal mind. And you have come to conquer my city. Oh, no, 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 no. We are not an army. We are not an army. Armies have generals. Generals, kings, priests. Three men who must be guarded. You walk in here with guards. You claim you are no general. King and queen? Leaders of your people? How come we can't be priests? I am a priest. You have no shred of God in your heart. I can smell it. Then, yes, I suppose we're leaders of our people. Welcome, mechanist and scholar, to the second spire, white city of the broken empire, finger of Makan, the Falad throne, the great and holy city of Omni-Rom. Oh. I... Uh, could you explain what that means? You are unaware of our history. How long has it been? We are not entirely sure of how long it has been since whatever happened here, but thousands of years at the minimum. They didn't think anyone would still be alive. Once again, A1 goes limp and appears to be computing something for several seconds. 
I am not alive. Are you some sort of machine? Yes. You are meat, wet, dripping to the bone. I am the kiss of God, shining seal and flawed. I am made in the Makan's image, and you are everything I am not. Dr. Aram raises his hand. All right, we're running in circles here. Dr. Aram freezes. Your arm, let me see it. A Dashe instance detaches itself from the wall and approaches Dr. Aram, scaling his coat and crawling onto his prosthetic arm, inspecting it for several seconds. During this time, Dr. Aram says nothing. Eventually, the instance drops to the floor and skitters away. Omni-Rom was a city of science and blessing. The Makan's gift to us, the golden medal, the Falad. It allowed us to construct wonderful things. Every man, woman, and child presented with augmentations like these, like yours, to become something better than human. I'm not the only one. The vast majority of our personnel in the city have some form of augment. Dr. Nussbaum and all our security personnel have oculars. I have my prosthetics, and there are countless others. You are allowed entry to the city of Omni-Rom. You will record our history and our creations. I will assist you. You will make sure we are not forgotten. You will be our legacy. I have not been prepared in many revolutions. There are gaps, holes, flaws in my memory. But the temple contains an inexorable record of our city's godly creation. I will give you a translation. You will ask me for everything else. We're also going to need insight on the technology of the city. Yes, I will answer any inquiries you have, Mechanist. The automata will show you the paths of the labyrinth that are unsafe. The real wonders of the city lie below. I thank you. We are in your debt. No, a bargain has been struck. A fair exchange. We show you and you preserve the Mechanite Empire. Go now. End log. A1 presented Dr. Zaram and Nussbaum with a series of documents printed from its body. The documents were as follows. A basic translation guide from the language all records within Omni-Rom are written in, coined Mechanite to English, with some Greek bywords. Digitized and distributed to all members of the archaeological team. A map of the Undercity, fully annotated with sections of interest and unpassable areas the Echo Team missed, combined with the CTM map formed by the Echo Team to offer a complete map of the Undercity. Full schematics of various technologies found within the city, digitized and distributed to all members of the engineering team. In addition, a small mechanical device of unknown function was provided to Dr. Aram. With the assistance provided by A1, research into Omni-Rom began in earnest on 12 September 1983. Attached document, September 1983. Mural Analysis, Omni-Rom Initiative. 
The temple courtyard contains intricate murals depicting what Dr. Nussbaum theorizes is a creation myth for the extant Mechanite culture. Accompanying these are plaques bearing an inscription in Mechanite. While the rest of the archaeological team investigated the rest of the city, a small team was dedicated to translating the courtyard engravings. Side Description The first relief depicts a scene of three figures wrestling in a dark void, followed by the figures falling to different corners of a slightly inaccurate map of Asia. One lands in the far corner of the Indian subcontinent, one lands on the coast of China, and one lands in the center of the Arabian Peninsula. This final figure dominates the rest of the scenes. It is revealed to be a massive but lithe figure dressed in golden armor. A shepherd, his wife, and his three lame sheep happen upon it, buried in the sand, obviously wounded. Translation of Plaque Before the new pantheon, before the smoke and the singing, the old gods fought their war over nothing. They wounded each other and fell, twisting and writhing, to the lowest world. Makani, blessed be her name, alighted in the far west under the scorching gaze of the sun. She rested in the dunes, uncovered by the flock of a shepherd, the morrow. Side Description The god reaches out and touches the shepherd and his wife. The shepherd's missing leg is replaced by a metal limb and his shepherd's crook is replaced by a spear, both made from the golden metal. His wife's eyes glow gold, and large metal wings spring from her back. The sheep are armored over to resemble Dash A instances. Together, the shepherd, his wife, and their flock attempt to raise the god from the sand. Translation of Plaque Makani drew forth her touch and raised them, Tomorrow's lame leg replaced by a grieve, Hadara's sight restored, and all given the form of the angels. Grateful, they sought to raise their new god from her tomb, and they failed. Side Description The god digs deeper, lying face down in the sand. It looks up at the shepherd and strips the armor from its massive fist. The shepherd takes the armor and fashions a simple forge melting and reforging it into a suit of armor in the image of the god and a massive throne. He returns to his village, where the people naturally submit to him. Many are disabled and lacking limbs. They return to the resting place of the god, who touches them all in turn, replacing their shortcomings with its gifts. They rejoice and, as the god strips its armor, use the metal to construct a shining city on its back. Translation of Plaque She knew that the wound was not mortal, but crippling. She understood her fate and entrusted her legacy to Bamaro and his blood. He became the first blacksmith, shaping the metal of her body as she shaped life itself. He made himself and her image, and the people were awed. For their faith, they were uplifted beyond the chains of humanity, and from her stripped armor, they raised the first city on the back of the sleeping goddess, Amini-Ram, city of Fuad, shining gate of the west. Attached document, 
October 1983 Machinery Log, Omni-Rom Initiative From September to February, hundreds of pieces of technology were analyzed and investigated by the engineering team. While many were too degraded to be of any practical use, they were still highly illuminating in determining the technology level of the extant mechanite culture. A few particularly notable discoveries are as follows. Description. Four meter poles inset into the ground at various intervals throughout the streets of Omni-Ram. Six disc-shaped objects, a meter wide, top each pole. When an electrical current is applied to the pole, the discs begin to knock against each other, emitting radio waves of unclear purpose. The device is currently theorized to be some sort of conductor system for the city, possibly an attempt at creating a free, wireless power system. Description Large, partially subterranean greenhouses occupying a significant portion of the western district of the city. Copper pipes running underground gases alternatingly cool and heat them according to valves, and the greenhouses are several floors tall utilizing novel organization and irrigation techniques. Operating at maximum efficiency, a large portion of the city's theorized half a million population could have been fed by them. Description A series of magnetically charged rails running through the city in a loop, though all the cars have been completely ruined. Applying a specific electrical charge allows rapid, high-speed movement through the city. Based on the lack of stations or stopping points, this is believed to have been a hop-on, hop-off method of mass transit at extraordinarily low overhead. Description Small metal shields with two switches on the handle. When fully powered, one switch projects a rapidly oscillating energy shield that protects the wearer against fast-moving kinetic objects. The shield can be maintained for up to 20 minutes on a full charge. The other switch projects a skin-tight shield that camouflages the wearer with their surroundings, effectively rendering them invisible. This is much more power-intensive and can only be maintained for 3 to 6 minutes, depending on movement. Description Large constructs, two in every district, set into the ground, though not part of the Undercity. The locks and seals have been damaged. Inside are large machines that have been investigated to contain radioactive material. Details are currently sealed, but the engineering team is of the opinion that these could have been functional nuclear or possibly cold fusion reactors, supplying electricity to the city's power grid and power poles. Description Unclear Large sections of the Undercity are inaccessible, making thorough analysis difficult. However, the engineering team is agreed that a significant portion of the Undercity appears to be one gargantuan machine incorporating mundane technology along with paratechnology. Further research is required. In the process of research and excavation, Dash A instances led the archaeological team to a structure within the southern district that appeared to be a record center, possibly a library or a university. While the vast majority of the paper documents contained therein were rotted and illegible, the metal and clay tablets were remarkably well preserved. 
The instances further directed personnel to a basement section containing a large metal safe since rusted off its hinges. Within was a cache of several dozen metal cylinders measuring 10 centimeters in diameter, imprinted with writing in mechanite. Due to their form, the language, and several other factors, only one was immediately translated. Attached document, November 1983. And the shining eye of the Empire rose as Bumaro took his anointed seat on the Falad throne. Amini Ram rose from the sands on the back of Makan, her pieces scattered to the six winds and the five corners of the world. As the slaves marched on Adatum in the east, and the covenants were struck in the south, so too was the holiest and godliest of magics given freely to man under the watchful eye of the sun. And the sword of Makan cut a swath through the world, and all those trembled in fear until they saw the light of the Ram, the greatest city of man, gifted by Makan but built by the hands of the workers, not the demons of the covenant or the flesh slaves. The empire swelled and the metal road ferried new people, and Amini Ram swelled from their presence, and the world was good as Bumara watched from his throne for his reign of centuries. And when his reign ended and his golden body passed, the Empress Hadara wept, and the city of Amini Ram wept with her, and they rested their hope onto the air. And Hashir Bumaro grew into a wise king under the auspices of his family, and gave his arm and his leg for his empire just as his father had done. And in that way, Bumaro lived on, resting in the soul of his son, and his son's son, and so on forevermore. And the Emperor Bumaro used the throne to invoke the wisdom of his past lives, and in that way the Empire conquered and slew its way into the world, and it was led into the continent and into the conflict with the other nations of man, bloody and brutal. Devastation. After several weeks and months of independent research, Another interview was scheduled with A1 to seek clarification on the discoveries made, as well as input on technical questions. Attached transcript, December 1983. Interviewers, Dr. Hedvig Nussbaum, Archaeological Team Lead. Dr. Robert Aram, Engineering Team Lead. Drs. Cedric Blaskowitz and Sarah McKinnon, Researchers Bill Tens and Mohammed Zaid. Subject, SCP-001-A1. Begin log. Hello? SCP-001-A1? A1's head twitches upward. The scholars return. It has been many cycles. I have watched. Yes, your automata. They have been very helpful. Yes. What are these ones? Sorry? A1 flicks an arm at the doctors and researchers. These ones. They were not here last visit. Oh, yes. Uh, these are... Your attendants? What? You are a king and queen, you said. Bumaro and Hadara had attendants to serve them. Are these your attendants? 
no, it's not... Dr. Aram motions at Dr. Nussbaum. Yes, that's right. Our attendants. You can trust them. They're with us. A1's head stiffly nods. Do they speak? They can. And I think they've got some questions for you, if you're inclined to answer. You are a strange king. I will answer. Thank you. And we never did get a name for you, did we? You may call me a preserver. It is my function. Excellent. A pleasure to meet you, preserver. Dr. Raram motions to the engineering team. Right. Yes. Hello. We've been disassembling and investigating the machinery in the city and the undercity, and we keep coming across this bronzish alloy. It's too hard to take samples from, and trying to break it has gotten us nowhere. You speak of the Salad. You've said that before, haven't you? We've seen the word in our translations. Yes, the Falad is a metal, a gift from Makan. With it, we forge our swords, our technology, our very way of life. It is the backbone the Empire was built on, a sign of favor from God, that we were the chosen people. The smiths knew how to work and melt the metal best, but every citizen was expected to know. A nation of swordsmen and foundries. The writings mention a Falad throne? The throne crafted by Bumaro from the first ingots of Falad, stripped from the armor of Makan herself. It is holy beyond holiness, divine beyond divinity. Its very presence is a symbol of power, and now it sits empty in the throne room. Devastation. Is it possible you could teach us how to work the Fulad? It would be great Yes, you will learn. Oh. Thank you, Preserver. I'll send some people down in the coming weeks. This will help. It was among the greatest boons gifted to our culture. Falad became a byword for unbreakable. Bear it well. We will. The things the Mechanites did with this are unbelievable. Advanced beyond belief. The greatest civilization that ever stood. Right. We also have questions about this Bumaro. He seems to occupy a central place in the Mechanite culture. Religion, history, everything. Who was he? Emperor Bumaro was the first mortal man to witness the majesty of the broken god in all her glory. Her sundered form, laid to rest under the sands. A cripple and a peasant, raised above humanity by the generosity of Makan, given new form to him, his family, his flock, his people, what would become the Mechanite Empire. Right, we gleaned as much from the creation myth. It is not a myth. Pardon? A myth is what the Covenant used to scare their children. The Emperor is history. His existence is indisputable. It says in the cylinder that he reigned for centuries. They figured out cold fusion and bionics in the 17th century BCE. This is so unbelievable they extended their lifespans. Point taken. He was given form in his sons, and his bloodline let him raise the greatest army ever known, all to bring order and justice to the world. I suppose that covers the Empire part as well, 
though, could you tell us more about these other two nations of man? We've seen them referenced many times, but nothing specific. Were they related to the fall of the city? I do not know. Unfortunate. But I think that's all we have for you today. I believe Hedvig's people will be coming down for more interviews soon. That is right. Just trying to get a better image of the culture from someone who lived it. This is... acceptable. End log. Due to the substantial amount of paratech and parahistorical findings submitted to Overwatch Command by the Omni-Rom Initiative since active research began six months prior, 0511 scheduled a meeting with the initiative leads on March 2nd, approximately eight months after the initial discovery of the Mechanite culture, using the secure lace-based communicator. Attached transcript, March 1984. Begin log. Lay connection to Overwatch Command established. Dr. Nussbaum, Dr. Aram. 0511 is waiting. Please step into the communicator. Doctors Nussbaum and Aram step onto the raised metal platform. Hold my cut. The lay space cycles through several locations before settling into a view of a small asphalt parking lot in what appears to be the American Southwest. Mesas and bluffs dot the horizon, and the sun is high in the blue sky. There are no buildings or structures in sight. There is a single black Maybach parked in the lot. An older man in a finely pressed gray suit stands in front of it, hands in his pockets. Hello, guys. Welcome to my little kingdom. There... Avi. Lay space. A virtual projection with no data transfer delay, all powered by the ley lines of the Earth. And it costs a fortune to run, I should know. I helped design it. Well, it did. But with the recent improvements that have come out of your project, it now only costs a small fortune to run. So thanks for that. Just one taste of what we've been able to do so far with 001's technology. So, tell me everything. Everything, sir everything important. I've read the reports, but I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. Dr. Nussbaum, your progress so far. Yes, we've recovered hundreds of tablets and engravings and mosaics across the city and are in the process of translating them. The vast majority are simple day-to-day -day affairs, business and legal records, personal correspondence, etc. All paints a picture of the Meganite culture, a society that was building a metropolis of the future, while the glaciers from the Ice Age were still melting. They had a complex legal and justice system, a novel family structure incorporating distant cousins into large households and clans. Yes, and anthropology. Fascinating. I was wondering if you had figured out any more of their later history. Later history, sir? What happened to them? Between the technological and archaeological reports, this was a culture that was undisputed as the most advanced in the world at the time. But they also keep mentioning this war with the other two nations, the... this additium. Of the Nalka Empire, and the Momjul referenced as the capital of the Davite Covenant. What that signals to me, and 
do tell me if I'm wrong, please, is that these two empires were each powerful enough to withstand a war with the Mechanite culture, and, depending on what happened to Amoni Ram, bring it to its knees. I suppose so, sir, but the Aegean tablets do not give a precise location for the other two cities. And if we do want to find them, well, a location could be anywhere. In a shipping record, in a letter to a distant cousin. That's fine, but we need to figure out how this city died. And I'd be pretty goddamn willing to bet that the things you found in the Undercity are related. The flesh things and the plants. Nothing has been confirmed yet, though it does seem quite likely. <laughs> well, in the meantime, see what you can get out of that robot down there. What's its name? Preserver. A1. And it's not a robot, it's an artificial intelligence. Whatever it is, it's hiding something from you. And speaking of which, this place had artificial intelligence when the Persians were figuring out irrigation? Far from the only breakthrough. If we can harness their cold fusion technology, their bionics, their power systems, reverse engineering any one of their innovations could change the world. Well, okay. Slow your roll. We don't know what happened to them, like I said. For all we know, their technology led to their downfall. So let's wait before getting any ideas of dragging the world into the 21st century early. Let's focus on changing the Foundation first. Right, Robert? Yes, sir. Good. But I suppose that if you want to improve the rate of research, you're going to need more people. Yes. I have a list of requisition requests, all sorts of machinery, excavation equipment, hazmat equipment, and scientific machinery. Funding, of course. Naturally. Forward it to my factotum. We'll take care of anything you need. We're very excited about this over at Site 1, you know. Very excited to see what comes out of Amoni Rom next. We also need... people. How many people? Right now, there's about 50 of us in the security, but we're stretched thin to explore a whole city. I've run the numbers, and 200 additional personnel would give us the arms we need. That's a lot of armed, Robert. Not something I can make happen with a snap of my fingers. I have a list of names I can forward. And it is a lot, but we've barely scratched the surface of what the Mechanites left us, and already are reaping the rewards. Surely it's worth it. Can't disagree there. You'll have your people within two months. Might need to consider expanding. I'm inclined to agree, which is why I wanted to request your permission to see if we can get certain aspects of the city working again. Like what? The power grid, for one. We've mapped it out pretty well and it's surprisingly intact. I'm confident that with the extra arms and Preserva's help, we could get the reactors online within the month. Hmm. The better situated the city is, the more we can learn about the machinery, and the more we can improve the foundation. I suppose so. Permission granted. Just. Stay safe. We're still working blind here. You both have your orders anyway. Good luck. 0511 opens the car door and gets inside, starting the engine. Simultaneously, the lace base collapses into darkness, and Drs. Aram and Nussbaum step backwards. Lay connection to Overwatch Command terminated. End log. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip, 
All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible. So, credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work, and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know, if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLite 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLite 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people. Or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.